0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, January 11th, 2015. Lessons from the plane: Put your own oxygen mask on first. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Lori Brown. I'm the pastor of Spiritual Formation here at Connection. Would you pray with me, please? Gracious God. We just thank you for today. Thank you for waking us up and bringing us here so that we can worship together, fellowship, and hear your word. God, as we settle in, have us um, open our hearts and our minds for all that you have to offer. Most importantly, Lord, we pray that we are um, changed and transformed by our worship this morning. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so as you see, today we start a new series called Lessons from the Plane. And I think I better put my glasses on. (laughs) These are essentially valuable lessons we can learn from the airline industry when traveling by airplane that we can apply to our spiritual life. Our first lesson comes from the pre-flight safety instructions that are given before each plane takes off that you just heard. And if you've flown before, you've heard it many times. Passengers are instructed that in the event of a sudden change in cabin pressure, those buttercup masks are gonna drop down in front of you. If this occurs, we're to put the mask over our face and nose, pull the elastic bands to secure it on ourselves and then begin breathing normally. We're also reminded that before attempting to help others with their mask, that we are to put on our oxygen mask first. And the reason is simple. It's kind of hard to help someone put their mask on when you've passed out because of oxygen deprivation. (laughs) There's a lot of great worldly wisdom that has come from this metaphor of the oxygen mask for caregivers, parents, teachers, and employees. So the lesson is essentially the same. We're not gonna be effective caregivers when we ourselves are physically or emotionally crashing because we've neglected our own basic care. So an example of this could be of a son, a daughter, a spouse, or a loved one who's dealing with an addiction. Experts agree we can't effectively help them first without first getting help for ourselves in programs like Al-Anon, whose purpose is to help the relatives and friends of alcoholics or those who have a drinking problem. Al-Anon is a place where we can begin to understand addiction while learning how to care and cope more effectively ourselves. If you're interested in more information about Al-Anon, we have a meeting here on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. The bottom line is we can't effectively help others until we first have helped ourselves. Now, there is a similar but not the same metaphor of this idea found in the Bible. We find it in a collection of sayings and teachings found in the Sermon of the Mount in the New Testament in Matthew chapters five and seven, and another version of it in Luke chapter six. If you have your Bibles with you today, we're gonna focus on Luke chapter six, verse 37 through 42. The words will be on the screen. We're gonna start at verse 41 where Jesus asks, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, say the rest with me. First, take the plank out of your eye Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So this message is similar, and the visual is actually a little comical if we think about it. Can you just picture it? Someone with a plank in their eye trying to remove the speck from someone else's eye. It's pretty obvious that we can't help remove the speck from our brother's eye without first taking out the plank, from our own eye. Now, for us to get the full meaning of this passage, however, we have to back up a few verses where Jesus talks about not judging others. Not judging others is a very important ingredient in speck removal that we don't want to miss. Hopefully, this will all make sense in a few minutes. So Jesus says in verse 37 do not judge and you will not be judged <clears throat> do not condemn and you will not be condemned forgive and you will be forgiven give and it will be given to you a good measure pressed down shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap say the rest of it with me for with the measure you use It will be measured to you. So who here likes to be judged or condemned by others? I didn't think anybody did. And I know when I was in my early 20s, my life was pretty out of control at different times. I had made some mistakes and some poor choices and I felt really judged by others. It's not a good feeling even though they never really said it, that's how I felt. And inside, all I could do was scream to myself, don't judge me. Don't judge me until you've walked in my shoes, and since that will never, ever happen, don't judge me. Now, I never spoke that out loud, but that's exactly how I felt inside. Nobody likes to be judged, and actually, it is not helpful. And yet, what do we do? We continue to judge others, not to mention that when we do, most of the time, we do so incorrectly. We do not judge others the way God would have us judge them. So Jesus, God in the flesh, tells us point blank not to judge or condemn others. Now, not judging others does not mean we have to unconditionally accept and approve of their lifestyles or their poor choices. We can always choose to love others without passing judgment and condemnation on them and at the same time not approve of their behaviors and choices. So for example, as a parent or a kid, right? We love our kids and we love our parents, but we don't always agree with them. We don't always agree with their lifestyle choices and their behaviors. And the bottom line is we can love our kids, we can love our parents, and not like their choices. Now, it doesn't mean that there won't be consequences for choices that we make. There are always consequences for the sin and bad choices we make in our life. There's always consequences. Now, another way of putting this is that we can love the sinner, we're all sinners, and not the sin. This can be tough to do, but with God's help, we know that this is possible. So Jesus tells us that if we don't judge and condemn others, that neither will we be. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a pretty good deal. He also says to forgive others, and we will be forgiven. And if we give, whatever we give, whatever we give, whether that's mercy, compassion, love, it will also be given to us as well. So this is a pretty straightforward teaching from Jesus. The question is then, in practice, why do so many of us have a hard time not judging and condemning others in our thoughts, our conversations, or our actions. Why do our standards of judgment and mercy vary from person to person? Why do many of us have that one person that we absolutely refuse to forgive? Why are we not more giving with our love our compassion, and our mercy. So again, Jesus, the Son of God, remember whose lips this is coming from, tells us with the measure we use, it will be measured to us. So another way of asking the earlier question is how do we, how do we want to be measured? Do we want a good measure of judgment and condemnation poured into our laps? I don't think I do. Or do we want a good measure of forgiveness, compassion, mercy, and love and generosity from God? So Jesus, he gives us an example of what a good measure is. In Jesus' time, when you went to the market to order a measure of grain, just for example, whether that was a small, medium, or large measure, measure of grain, a good measure from a really generous merchant Would be one where they pack the grain in there you know like they shake it down they get all the air out and they put as much as possible they allow it to settle and they keep filling it up it reminds me of kind of when i go to the sweet frog to get no sugar added self-serve frozen yogurt i always get the small cup they have three sizes small medium and large and then what do I do? I pack it in there. I tap it on the counter. I want to get all the air out, and then I want to put as much into that little cup, which really isn't that little, as can possibly fit. Now, a good measure in Jesus's day goes even further. It was so full that it would be running over so much so that it would be poured into their lap, which had a fold or a pocket in it that would catch the extra grain. So this visual can give us some added perspective to consider and notice what we are dishing out and giving to others. Our family members, our coworkers, our neighbors, people we disagree with, our classmates, are we giving them judgment and condemnation, or are we giving them forgiveness, compassion, mercy, and love? So we next picked up pick up at verse 39. He, Jesus, also told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit The student, that's us, is not above the teacher, that's Jesus, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? Say the rest of it with me. You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You know, Jesus, he asks such great questions. So as we continue to break this down, let's ask and clarify a couple of things first. When Jesus asks, why do you look at the speck, sawdust and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? What exactly is Jesus referring to? Well, the specks in other people's eyes are the sins and the character defects that we take notice of in others. You know, It's the things that get in the way of their relationship with God and their relationship with others. It's their poor choices, their pride, their arrogance, their bitterness, their stubbornness, self-centeredness, gossipy nature, unforgiveness, their false beliefs, and their intolerance to others. Now, the problem here is not that we notice other people's sins and character defects. The problem is, is that when we notice them and we begin to have judgmental, condemning, and condescending attitudes, thoughts, and actions towards them as a result, we begin to think the worst of them. We shut them out, or worse, we actually tell them how we feel. We turn our backs on them, and we forget that God Loves them, too. We forget that. Isn't it ironic how easy it is for us to do this, though? To see and talk about, to gossip about the faults of others and not notice them in ourselves? That's precisely what Jesus is talking about when we see a speck in another person's eye and we fail to see the plank in our own eye the more grievous sins and character defects that we have. So this is exactly, we'll give a a biblical example. This is exactly what happened to King David when Nathan came to confront him with his sin. You might remember we talked about this story in September. Nathan shared with him a story of a rich man who took and killed the only lamb of a poor man. Now David, he immediately condemned the man after hearing the story. And that's when David's, or Nathan said to him, you are the man. You are the man. It was not until that moment that David could see the plank in his own eye. It was not until that moment that the full impact of David's sin with Bathsheba hit him when he slept with a married woman and then plotted to kill her husband. It's like Nathan had his oxygen mask on. He was breathing in spiritual air and he was seeing with spiritual eyes. Nathan was able to see clearly to help David put his mask on and remove David's plank. So this reminds me of a great al slogan that I heard years ago. It goes like this. You spot it, you got it. No, you spot it, you got it. Say it with me. You spot it, you got it. Look at your neighbor and say it. You spot it, you got it. All right. It is a reminder for us that other people are a mirror for us. So when we spot something in other people that we criticize, judge, or condemn in them, it's because those same things, maybe not played out the same way, are in our own lives and we are blind to them. We are blind to them because we're spiritually deprived of spiritual oxygen, so to speak. We do not see and judge others clearly. That is the way God would have us do that. We instead see through the world's eyes of judgment and the world's eyes of condemnation. Our vision is distorted. The measure we use for ourselves is not the same measure we use for others. When we are blind, the measure we use for ourselves usually has a lot more grace. A lot more forgiveness and mercy in it than the measure we use for others it is so easy to justify rationalize and minimize our own behavior and poor choices and the sin while we what do we do we exaggerate them in other people when we judge them when we see those same things in them just as david did so the question for us today is, what do we do about this? Especially when we're blind to those things ourselves. How do we take the plank out of our own eye so that we'll be able to see clearly to help others put their spiritual oxygen mask on? Well, the answer is, is to let the people we encounter on a daily basis be a mirror for us. When we see the speck, the sins and character defects in another person, and we begin to judge or condemn them in our thoughts, attitudes, and actions, remember, like that be a little red flag pop in your head, oh my gosh, you spot it, you got it. Like, you spot it, you got it. That's the first clue that we are deprived of spiritual oxygen and have a plank in our own eye. When this happens, imagine God just dropped down a spiritual oxygen mask for us to put on. Immediately take the mask and put it on. Begin breathing in spiritual air. Start praying. Start searching the scriptures. Do some self-examination. Ask God to help us understand why we're having such a hard time with that individual person, or their actions Our judgmental and condemning attitudes and beliefs can go really deep and they can get real personal so ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate our sins and our character defects that we're blind to now if you can't find any this is an indication that you are still blind Or if you think that they are much worse than you are in some way, you are still blind. The bottom line is we are all sinners in need of divine grace. And without God's help and grace, we all have no hope. All of us, without God's love and grace, have no hope. So getting to this point is the spiritual leveling ground, so to speak, for plank removal and our being able to see clearly. So for example, earlier this fall, I attended a ministry conference in Dallas, Texas. There was one speaker there I had a hard time listening to because his beliefs were very different than mine. As a result, I began to judge him, and it became really difficult to listen to anything he said, actually even some of what other people said, because my listening was overshadowed by our differences. I began praying and asking God, help me listen with spiritual eyes and ears, because I wanted to get all I could get from this ministry conference. Now by the end of the conference, I became thankful that he was the opening speaker every morning in the process of me being challenged to listen to someone I disagree with I had a big aha moment it was like God whispered to my spirit do not judge my fellow servant I have called him into ministry to do my work Just as I have called you, follow me. Ouch. It was like a big, mind your own business, Lori. Stay focused on yourself and stop judging. So this experience, this was humbling, convicting. It moved me to repentance, and it was freeing. It was very freeing. My heart was changed when I saw the plank In my own eye that's what happens when we repent God changes our heart God is the one who's who does that it is only by God's power that we can have lasting transformational change in our life only by God's power all we have to do is put our spiritual oxygen mask on and be open to receive from God Now here's the funny thing, once we allow God to help us remove the plank in our own eye and begin breathing in that spiritual oxygen, we begin to see clearly. We realize there is nothing to do other than to get genuinely concerned about the condition of other people's hearts when we do this we begin to befriend them instead of judge them and condemn them we get to know them we take a real interest in the condition of their souls when we can see other people the way god sees us as sinners who need a savior we can offer the same forgiveness compassion mercy and love that god offers us. When we do this, we can help them with the specs in their own eyes, and we can help them because we have allowed God to help us. So, as we leave here, I don't know if anybody's come to mind that you've been thinking about that maybe you've been judging or condemning, or maybe this week as you go on, You know, when we notice that thing in ourselves, let's remember. What is it? Do you remember the Al-Anon slogan? You spot it, you got it. Let's remember that. Put your spiritual oxygen mask on. Seek God's help through prayer and searching the scriptures. Do that self-examination. Look inside your heart. Repent and confess to both God and others. You know, I know a lot of us talk about repenting to God, but there is, if you want to be, like, really free, confess to others, too. Be open to allow God to change our hearts. And then after you do that, there is nothing else to do other than to befriend and be concerned about the condition of other people's hearts and souls, and God will show you rest. This is the really good news connection. Let's live it, let's believe it, and let's pray. Gracious God, we just thank you for today. We thank you that you came while we were yet sinners. Lord, right now, meet each one of us where we are. Speak to our hearts and minds. Help us become the people that you would have us be, God. Help us do that by recognizing our need for you so that we can help others. Lord, if there's any other um, prayers or concerns that's going on in someone else's life, we just lift them up to you. We know that you are the God who hears all of our prayers, the God who pours out that mercy, compassion, and love and forgiveness that we all so desperately need. So we thank you for that. And we give this to you all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Community Church, Connecting